The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straup welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is Tuesday, July 28th, 2020, if I'm not mistaken. We are two days away from the NBA restarting its season after four and a half months of all of us being out in the sports wilderness. I'm joined by Steve Alexander today. Steve, let's begin by checking in with you. What's going on in your life? What's happening in your world? Kid baseball is over. It's over. I I can resume my golf career. The baseball was eaten up every every weekend, and that's that's when me and my boys play. So, got that going for me. Although fall baseball starts in a month, so it's going to be a short lived reprieve. But uh, John Isaac, John, I, we have a John Isaac Isaac sighting. Uh, that's very exciting. Do you have a stat update for us? He's played three minutes and scored five points already. Wow! Just underway for the Magic. Five points, four rebounds. Wow. That's came off, huge. Came off the bench. That's huge. It is huge. It's cool. It's exciting because we weren't sure if he was going to be back. And then we got Zion news to talk about. That's exciting. We do. Let's let's get right into it. Zion Williamson is scheduled to return to practice Wednesday. He's back in Orlando sooner than we expected, Steve. When we last talked, we were hopeful that he would make it back for the opener. Now it's looking very probable he'll be back for the opener. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I if I was more positive about Zion playing than you were but the the update that we had was not not very promising so the fact that he's gonna practice on Wednesday is is cool if I if I recall correctly I was worried about it and you said you know what maybe he'll surprise us maybe he'll make it back so I think that you were closer to landing that putt than I was so I don't know if that counts I don't know if that counts as a win no (laughs) Steve, we're going to hit some. We're going to hit a combo here of player news and recent stat lines, and I would I would say we're going to err more toward some stat lines and breaking those down and what they mean or don't mean. So I want to start with Kyle Kuzma, who had 25 points on Saturday. Now Anthony Davis left that game early with an eye issue. Frank Vogel though has been talking up Kyle Kuzma. He told the Athletic what he did Saturday. He did all through our restart training camp, so to speak. I'm just really excited about what the restart is going to look like for him. Kuzma, during the regular season, you know, would occasionally go off, but you couldn't really trust him in fantasy. Do you think there's any reason to think of him differently as we approach this DFS landscape of the NBA restart? You know, they've talked about Kuzma running some point forward a little bit, being more of a playmaker. I've always kind of been a, a Kuzma fan. It was fun watching him play defense or not play defense against Luca last week because um, Luca was just putting him in a blender and it, it was all the rage on Twitter. It was, it was pretty funny. Uh, but I, I'm still good with, with Kuzma. Vogel wasn't surprised by the 25-point explosion. And I, I think Kuzma's going to be be a guy that I don't know that you're going to want to stick him in your lineup very often, but 
on those nights when Anthony Davis is going to take a night off, especially in you know the eight-game restart portion of things when there's a decent chance he could miss a couple games. Uh, I think if Davis isn't playing, I have no problem using Kuzma. Yeah, that makes sense. Meanwhile, I want to talk about the Yusuf Nurkic Renaissance Tour. On Sunday, he went for 17 points, 13 boards, five assists, two steals, and a block. Attempted five three-pointers, made one of those five. That is a wildly exciting scrimmage stat line from Nurkic. Now, Hassan Whiteside played 18 minutes, was on a minutes limit. Where do we land with Nurkic? It's starting to look more like he's going to be a force during this restart, Steve. Is that too, is that too strong to say? No, I, I think that's sort of where we are. Uh, Portland's going all in. I think they feel like their best chance to win is riding Nurk and Dame and CJ and, and bringing Whiteside off the bench. So I think Nurkic has had plenty of time to get healthy. The pause in the season helped him out even that much more. I think he's, I think he's good to go, and I think he's going to be a guy um, that a lot of us are going to be using in our DFS lineups at center. Victor Oladipo had a rough one prior to Sunday, but he bounced back on Sunday with 16.7 boards, three assists. I was checking in on our Roto World blurb recapping Oladipo's performance when he he had eight points on, I think, three of, was it three of 10 shooting? Very down on Oladipo after that performance. What do you think? I mean, I don't think we were as down on him on the podcast the other day, but certainly trending upward after that 16-7-3 stat line. Yeah, he's trending upward. I'm not... I'm not fully on board with locking Oladipo into lineups. I think his name is still big enough. His role with the Pacers is still big enough. He's going to be he's going to be expensive and I don't know how trust trustworthy he's going to be. So, I'm cautiously optimistic on Oladipo, but I'm not I'm not all in by any means. I I need to see him do this more than just occasionally. He needs to be more consistent and and better and, you know, honestly, the Pacers have played so long without him that it's going to take him a minute to figure out where he fits in now. Yeah, and there's a lot of action going on in that backcourt. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon playing well again, Aaron Holiday in the mix. It's hard to imagine how Old Depot is going to meet the price tag that's probably attached to his name, I think, in DFS. I agree. Luka Doncic, Steve, on Sunday nearly had a triple-double, 20 points, 11 boards, 9 assists, the reason I wanted to bring this up is he went seven for nine from the free throw line. That obviously yes, did. didn't count didn't count toward his season percentage, but would have helped you in our season long bet. And that unnerves me a little bit. I really would have liked to see a six for nine there. It would have been huge. Well, I was encouraged by the seven for nine and the near triple double because both of those things were were fun for me. But uh he, he was three of six from the line in one of his earlier games and that that had me a little concerned. But you know, you watch the guy shoot free throws, and it's not like back in the day watching Shaq or Ben Wallace try to shoot a free throw. I mean, Luca looks like a great free throw shooter if you just look at his form. So, I still have all the faith and confidence in the world that we're gonna we're gonna finish this thing out strong and get us a jersey. We put ourselves in a weird. I mean, we're just living in a weird universe where I'm rooting for Luca Doncic, who I really, despite. Anything I say about him really don't have any strong feelings against. I'm rooting for him to just randomly miss free throws. It's a really strange, strange life. But I want that jersey badly. So I think you also. I think you also. I don't know that you want Luca to fall down and fail. I I think you just want Trey Young to outplay him. And now that the Hawks are at home, and yeah, not, not playing at all, 
you don't have as many reasons to root against against Luca as you once did. Now and now you basically are just watching him shoot free throws. Yeah, I, I mean, you could argue I have more reasons to root against him now, but yeah, I, I, I take that point, and I'm I am zeroed in on the free throws, basically above all else. I barely noticed the twenty point eleven rebound nine assist stat line. I was I looked right <laughs> away at the free throws. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton on Sunday. 11 points, 7 boards. Most importantly, made a three-pointer. He's two for two on threes in the bubble. Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns for Arizona Central, tweeted a quote quote from Aiden saying, he has the green light to shoot threes. That's what Aiden said. So we were talking about this the other day, Steve. And again, doesn't really matter for DFS, but super intriguing for Aiden's fantasy potential. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, one thing that was interesting to me was when he hit that three, when I saw the video of it, I don't know if it was Devin Booker, but one of his teammates like did the flying airplane soccer move down the sideline. Like He was so excited that Aiton hit a three that it leads me to believe it's still not something we're going to see all the time, but the one where he hit it, he was standing out at three. The defense all collapsed on the inside. They kicked it out to him. He was wide open, and he knocked it down. So... Certainly encouraging. I'm checking in on the Jonathan Isaac box score, and he has gotten hot since our last look-in, Steve. In five minutes, he has 13 points on 5-6 shooting, two three-pointers, six boards, and two steals. So Isaac is back from his knee issue. How much of a factor do you think he can be? I mean, we're looking at a short ramp-up time, obviously. We're just a few days away from the restart here. Do you think he's a guy who we're actually going to be throwing into DFS lineups? Maybe not for game one or game two, but if things go well in those games, then yeah, I I think we're going to be all in. I mean, the start he's off to in this exhibition game is phenomenal. You know, you look at the fact that John Isaac is playing basketball. That's, I didn't really think we were going to see that. Victor Oladipo declared himself out. He's back. He's playing. That's, That's a positive, even though he's up and down. And Zion's coming back Wednesday. I mean, the NBA and their bubble did things exactly right. And, you know, we have three Major League Baseball games on Monday night that were postponed, canceled because of COVID, because the baseball players didn't want to quarantine in Phoenix in a bubble or in Arizona, whatever. So, yeah, it's pretty remarkable to me how well things are going for the NBA right now. Like, this this seems like it couldn't be going better. Absolutely. The NBA definitely giving us some cause for optimism right now, Steve. And, by the way, if you want to see where guys like Jonathan Isaac land in our DFS projections, go to rotoworld.com slash edge. Edge. Go check it out. All right, Steve, what do we have next? I can tell you Joe Ingles is having another, another rough go of it. It's been a rough go of it for Joe Ingles in 2019-20. Yeah, he just can't seem to play with Mike Conley. And and Jordan Clarkson is coming on and playing better, and Conley's playing better than he was. And Ingles is, is still not shooting well and, and just kind of struggling. So I, I am probably not going to be touching Joe Ingles anytime soon. Rudy Gobert in that game has his second straight 20-plus point effort. He had 21 points, 8 boards, and 2 blocks on Saturday. As we look in on that Utah-Brooklyn game late in the fourth, Gobert has 20 points, 7 boards, and a block in 22 minutes. Yeah, and Mike Conley has 18 points on 7-11 shooting, 4 three-pointers, and 1 assist. So (laughs) Conley's almost playing more like a shooting guard at this point than anything else. I mean, Conley, I think we've forgotten... Maybe we haven't forgotten. I think anyone who drafted him has not forgotten what an infuriating option he was in fantasy this season. Uh, yeah, he was pretty rough. 
is there any reason to think differently? Like, is this a guy who could, as perplexing of a season as he was having, is there any chance that the layoff helped him? Yeah, I feel like the layoff did help him. I feel like he's totally rested, totally healthy. He won the horse competition. Um, you watch <laughs> video of him in practice working on stuff. It, I, like, he looks good to me. Like I, I've, I'm much more confident about using Conley right now than I am several other players that, that we've talked about, including Joe Ingles. But I, I'm kind of feeling Conley. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm probably gonna use Conley. How much weight are you putting into that horse competition? I think it helped his confidence a little bit. That's, that's about all I got. Steve, I feel obligated to ask you about Isaac Bonga because he, on Saturday, had 15 points and 12 boards. On Monday, he had 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block, and a triple. He's been, I wouldn't say he's been hyped relentlessly by Scott Brooks, but he has been hyped by Scott Brooks. Where are you now with Isaac Bonga in the new world for the Wizards? <laughs> Well, he led him in minutes on Monday, had, like you said, nine points, two of five shooting, three assists, three boards, two steals, a block. I mean, a three-pointer. He kind of filled the stat sheet up. But I'd rather roll with a guy like Troy Brown Jr., to be honest. Rui Hachimura in that game had 19 points in 28 minutes, but just three boards, three assists, no defensive stats. I think Hachimura has a chance to be decent in DFS, but he's not a big defensive stats guy, and he's obviously got to do more than that to hit value i mean who is going to hit value on this on this depleted wizards team yeah i don't really like we've said i i'm not really feeling the wizards um i think i say that every time we do a podcast but uh i think out of all those guys oh troy troy brown jr by the way he had 12 points eight boards and three assists and he was also a minus 19 plus minus <laughs> Uh, real nice. Real yeah, nice. yeah. Shabazz Napier had 16 points, four assists, but four turnovers. It's hard to be too excited about anyone on the Wizards. I mean, I think Isaac Bonga might be the one Wizard I'd want to throw into the lineup. I think Bonga, Troy Brown Jr., and Shabazz Napier are all three guys that are going to have low salaries that that I would, you know, take a flyer on to round out the end of my lineup if I need a guard. Yeah, and Thomas Bryant, we should say, had 12 points. Four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks in 26 minutes. So he's at least on the radar as well. I can't believe it took us this long, Steve, to talk about this, but we're now going to mention that Shams Charania of The Athletic reports that Lou Williams will have to quarantine for 10 days after he returns to the NBA bubble, after his reported trip to Magic City to reportedly pick up food at the Atlanta Club. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> well... He says that Magic City, which is a gentleman's club, is his favorite restaurant, which I think is amazing. Uh, I have never eaten there. Um, apparently their wings are incredible. Uh, a rapper took a picture of him at Magic City right. and put it on Twitter and then immediately took it down, not before it was screenshotted and captured and all that. And then he said it was an old picture. Right, right. But the mask that he was wearing was uh, one of the ones that they distribute in the Orlando bubble. So it couldn't have been very old. So right. you probably shouldn't be breaking the rules. He's paying the price for it. He's in the huge quarantine. He got investigated by the league. And, and I'm sure that this is all probably a little bit embarrassing for him. But, you know, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean... We are living in strange times. Where hey, We should go do a podcast from the Magic City Buffet. Listen, 
<laughs> too soon. I, I I won't I won't go anywhere. I I can't I can't yeah. I I won't. Do, <laughs> no live no live on location podcast for the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast for the foreseeable future. Okay, we're right. we're, sh- we're remote until further notice. I, I that think. makes sense. That's, that's, the, that's the production decision I'm making. That's my yeah. call. Okay. Right or wrong, that's the decision. You know, I was going to talk about Jakob Pertl, but instead I'm just going to say he had a double-double, 12 points, 11 boards with a block on Saturday against the Nets. I'm really not excited about him. I can't ever summon the excitement that Ryan Knauss has about Jakob Pertl. I, I just can't harness it, Steve. Do you want to try to sway me to be more excited? No, I feel the exact same way about every single San Antonio Spur. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about Derek White? He had a great game over the weekend, 22 points, three boards, four assists, a steal, two blocks, and four threes. Lonnie Walker also had a decent game, 14 points, a couple boards, a couple assists, a steal, a block, and two threes. Are you excited about either of those guys? No. You're not? Nothing? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can get into Derek White a little bit, but uh, I, I'm just going to have a hard time. I, I'm going to have a hard time messing with Spurs when we get going again. Derek White is a guy who really can go off. He can put up a spectacular stat line, but trying to gather when that might be is always a challenge. Yeah, a little bit like playing the lottery. <laughs> Karis LeVert went off over the weekend, 27 points, three steals and three three-pointers on Saturday. Followed that up late on Monday. That game's essentially over. 23 points, six dimes, a steal in 30 minutes. So... He had a horrendous game when we last talked, but he has backed it up with two huge ones. And you're going to say the same thing that you said last time we talked. So why don't you say it again? Well, I think what I said last time we talked is this, this is one game, and I'm not, I'm not the least little bit scared. Karis LeVert's going to be fine. He's going to be great. He's going to be overhyped, and he's going to be a guy that people are using constantly uh, in DFS. And I'm going to be one of them. All right, I want to talk about Aaron Gordon. He sat out on Monday with mild left groin soreness over the weekend he had a 14 point game but shot five for 13 from the field two of four from the line and i bring up aaron gordon because he had really gotten hot steve before the season shut down he was hot like i couldn't believe how good he was playing he was flirting with triple doubles he looked amazing and all of that was without jonathan isaac of course so after february 1st he was averaging in 16 games, so basically five weeks before the season shut down, 17.3 points, 8.8 boards, 5.9 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.43s. Not shooting it great from the line at 69.4% and 46.6 from the field, but that that's very good Aaron Gordon we were getting kind of for the last stretch of the season before we shut down. I looked at those percentages, and I don't want to overreact. Again, the 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 4 from the line. But do you think this is a guy who potentially could have been hurt by the shutdown? He was in such a groove before it. Yes. I, I think Karis LeVert and Aaron Gordon, the shutdown, probably hurt those guys as much as anybody because they were playing so well. I think you could add Lonzo Ball to that mix because he was out of his mind. So any of the guys that were on fire, it hurt them. But these guys that were kind of quiet and kind of struggling, I, I think it helped them. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Gordon. And like I said earlier, you know, John Isaac wasn't around. Now John Isaac is out there balling out in an exhibition game when we weren't even sure he was going to play. Like, that's, that's concerning to me uh, just for Aaron Gordon's usage. 
so yeah, I'm a little concerned that Gordon is going to be overpriced when we come back. All right. On that note, Steve, I think we're done. You got any more thoughts? I don't think so. We're going to be back on Friday. Yeah. And we are going to have actual real live basketball possibly to talk about. Depends on when we actually record Friday's show because there's only two real games on Thursday night and they're both kind of late. So I'm just going to say right now, executive decision, we're recording after the Jazz Pelicans game as Lakers Clippers is getting underway on Thursday. That's going to be what we're going to do. I'm in. Okay. I'm on board with that. Okay. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. As Steve said, we'll be back on Friday. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thank you for taking the time. We will talk to you soon. Okay. We'll see you guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.